all the windows are blown out of the house, the door slams shut, everything is on flames. And my mom and a neighbor lady are upstairs. So they were able to climb out. This is Camus. And this is Kylie. Welcome to God is Real, God is Good, a podcast where we collect stories about God working in people's lives through big miraculous ways all the way down to small everyday things. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of God is Real, God is Good. This week is Kylie, and I have with me Pastor Ken Lebrun. I have known, well, I used to know Pastor Ken um, a long time ago. He was the pastor of the first church my parents really started to go to, and he baptized both of my parents a long time ago. Um, and then from there, we kind of moved, and he moved away. And so I haven't seen him in a long time, but I'm very excited to have him share on the podcast today. So I'm going to say a prayer and then we'll get started. Dear Father in heaven, thank you so much for this opportunity to come together and to hear pastors Ken's um, stories about your goodness and your mercy and just the ways that you've worked in his life. Um, please just be with the words that we both speak and please just, um, give us the words to say that will touch the hearts and the minds of the listeners and Jesus name. I pray. Amen. All right. So why don't you tell us where you're from? So right now I live in Walla Walla, okay. Washington, and uh, been here just about a year. We, okay. we were living in Northeast Washington State for the last uh, 18 years before that, basically. So <laughs> Wow. Yeah, that's where I thought you still were. I didn't realize that you guys had moved, but exciting. Yeah. So anyway, it's neat to be able to to connect with you it's been a long time you were just a little girl last time i saw you and uh it's just kind of exciting to to make this connection again yeah yeah i know i was trying to think i was like i was probably pretty young i don't know if mitchell was born yet or not he probably was right he he was born just before we moved away from there so. okay so then i would have been pretty close to five or, yeah yeah so yes, <laughs> it has been 19 years about then. Yeah. yeah wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. All right. So have, are you originally from the Washington area or where are you from originally? No, I was born in Massachusetts. So oh, wow. I lived actually, you know, most probably more than half of my life on the East Coast or in the eastern half of the United States. Wow. And we've only been in the West well, since the 90, late 90s, I think about 99, we moved to, no, 96, we moved to California, and 99, we moved to Idaho. Okay. So. All right. So, yeah, you guys hadn't been in Kamii very long then when my parents met you, so. Yeah. Yeah, we were only there probably four and a half, five years, something like that. Yeah, that sounds about right then. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. I didn't know that. Um, mm -hmm. That's cool. All right. So did you grow up in a Christian home, like in it with a Christian background? Yes, I did. My parents are Christians and my grandparents and all my cousins and aunts and uncles, all my relatives were, were all, you know, churchgoers. And it was, you know, it was, we, it was a very, you know, Christian environment to grow up in. Mm -hmm. That can be really nice. So yeah, that's nice. All right. Well, you came to share some stories. Did you have some specific stories that you wanted to share? Well, I just want to share how God has been good to me. Um, you know, none of us are anything more special than anybody else. 
but God loves each one of us individually and he takes care of us. And, you know, I, I don't remember this story, but when I was two years old, our house burned down. Oh, wow. And, um, uh, you know, I just see that as God's protection of me, even as a, as a tiny little child, my, my, uh, we were living in my grandparents' home in the upstairs of my grandparents' home. Um, and my mom had just put my brother and I down for a nap and my sister was sleeping in her crib and, and my grandfather was outside, he was burning off a, a lower field. It was uh, probably late March, kind of, you know, early spring. And, um, and the, the, the fire got out of control and raced up toward the house. And the fire department, well, my grandmother called the fire department, the closest one, but they wouldn't come because it wasn't their territory. Oh, and no. so she had to call another fire department and they got lost on the way they they went to the wrong address the wrong street oh no and, and this is way out in the country up on a you know a, a dirt road way and and uh so my mom you know she came and she got us out and she put us in a in a car um across the street from the house where and she told us just my brother was three years old i was two my sister was 13 months old and she told us, stay put, don't leave this car. And she went back in the house to try to pull things out of the, out of the house. And she's upstairs gathering up some clothes and putting them in a box. And there was a, a kerosene tank down in the basement and it exploded. Oh, and no. all of a sudden, all the windows are blown out of the house. The door slams shut. Everything is on flames. And my mom and a neighbor lady are upstairs. <gasps> and um, so they were able to um, climb out the window onto the porch roof. And by then the fire department had just arrived oh, and they put up a ladder and they were able to get down. But, you know, I just see that as, you know, bad things can happen, but God took care of us. And, and, uh, and not always do, does everything always turn out the way we think it should. But I know that, that God was with us and protected us. We lost everything, but nobody was hurt. Nobody lost their life. And so I'm just thankful for God's protection. Oh, wow. Yeah, that is so awesome. Especially that God kept your mom and the neighbor lady safe upstairs. Like, oh, that was scary. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, just growing up, you... you um, you know, I always loved God. I always trusted him, but he, he showed himself clearly to me, you know, just little things like one time I remember as a, as a teenager, I, I lost my wallet, you know, and when you're a teenager, you know, your wallet is, is kind of important. And, and, you know, I, I don't know if I had any money in there or not, but, you know, it was, it was an important thing. And, and I looked all over the house. I couldn't find it anywhere. And, and so I thought, you know, I'm just going to ask God to show me where it is. And so I went and I knelt down by my bed and I just, I just asked God a very simple prayer. Lord, um, I need my wallet. Show me where it is. And right at that moment, I felt impressed to reach under the bed. And I was on my knees. I just reached under the bed and there was my wallet. And, you know, you know, I would have eventually found it, 
but God answered it immediately when I prayed. Yeah. yeah. And, and I had another experience just like that recently. There was an important paper that I needed and I was looking all through my office and I, I couldn't find it. And finally I said, you know, I just need to ask God. So I knelt down and, and I just said, Lord, you know where this paper is. I need it, you know, show me where it is. And then I felt immediately, I felt impressed to, to look over on this stack and just pick up this one thing. And there it was right there. So just little things like that, God shows that, you know, he answers prayer. Mm-hmm. He's so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think like, you know, God tells us that we should be faithful in the little things. And then we see that like, he is too, like he cares about the little parts of our life, like a lost wallet or lost paper and stuff. Like he's faithful yeah. in that too. That's right. Yeah. I, you know, other things like when you're, when you're young, those are the, the formative years where you learn to, to trust in God. And um, there was, there was a time, well, again, I was a, I was a teenager. I had just gotten my driver's license and I had gotten a job and um, my brother had a car. It was a little, um, the a VW bug. And, um, you know, I, I, ha- I could drive uh, standard, you know, automatic transmission pretty easy, but the standard stick transmission was just something new I was trying to figure out. And this car had another unique feature. It had, um, it had no gas gauge. And so the only way you know that you're running out of gas is you start feeling, you know, it's kind of sputtering and it's kind of, you know, it's not getting gas and you realize, oh, it's running out of gas. Yeah. But they had these little um, reserve tank. And what you have to do is there's a, on the floor, there was a little lever you just kick over and um, that gives you another little reserve amount of gas so you can get to a gas station. So that's just the way it works. Well, I was on my way to work. I was like 16 years old and I was on my way to work and I'm going along and I feel this chug and I know that I'm running out of gas. So I've got to, well, I'd never done this before and I didn't know exactly where that, that little, I'm looking down there and trying to feel and so I thought, well, you know, I got to just bend down there. I totally forgot I'm supposed to be driving. And oh, I, no. I go down there with my head down and I'm, I'm, I found the little lever and I figured out which way you have to move it to get it over. And I don't know how long I was down there, but I, I was so concerned about that. I forgot I'm supposed to be driving. Oh, no. And so I thought, oh, I, I got to be, where am I? So I came back up and I looked and, you know, I was right in the middle of the lane. I don't, God had just kept me right on the road. The whole oh time. my goodness. And um, so God shows his, just his care, you know, he's so good. You you never have to fear when you are in his hands. (laughs) Um, I can tell, uh, you know, another story. I was, um, we lived in New Hampshire, um, my wife and I, when, when our oldest boy was little and our second son was born while we were living there. And we were living at a a self-supporting institution that was operated by, um, they had a a natural foods distributorship business. And that was the main income for the institution. And I was teaching there. And um, after after a couple of years that we were there, that business closed down, but the school was still trying to operate sort of but they didn't have that income that they had before. And um, so 
whereas I had been making a stipend of something like $60 a week or something like that. Now there was no stipend for the last couple of years we were there. And so we were just, we were, you know, living on almost nothing. My wife got some house cleaning jobs and, you know, but um, so we were just um, pretty, pretty poor. And so when you go to the grocery store, you, you know, you don't buy everything that you want to buy. And of course we had no credit cards or anything like that. We were just living on the cash we happened to have. So you go to the store and you, you count out how much money you have. That's how much food you can buy. And so we had gone around, we'd gotten a few things in our cart and, and uh, then we were going past the bananas and we thought, boy, it sure would be nice to have some bananas. So, well, let's figure out if we've got enough money. So we, um, we started counting up the different things in our cart and adding up the price to see if we could had enough to buy a little bit of bananas. And we didn't realize it, but there was a man who was standing there watching us as we're doing this. Oh. And he came over and he said, he said, you know what? Let me buy those bananas for you. Oh. He said, I'm, I'm buying ice cream for my kids. You guys ought to be able to have some bananas, you know, and that kind of thing. But as I look back, God, provided for us. We never missed a meal the whole time we were there. Somehow God supplied our needs. There was always food on the table. We had a garden, you know, we were able to grow some food and, and God blessed. And, and we never had to, to really uh, be in want. We, you know, we didn't have everything that we wanted, but, but God took care of our needs and we were blessed. Mm. So it's, it's really good to trust in him. Um, there was a, a very specific answer to prayer that I had. Um, we were living in West Virginia and I was call portering and, um, you know, selling books door to door. And, and uh, you, it was a very poor part of the country. Central West Virginia at that time had the highest unemployment rates in the nation. Oh, wow. Um, it was just, people did not have money. And whenever I sold them books, you know, I was selling these big, big books that you have to, you know, it cost maybe $300 for a set of those books. Oh, and these wow. people you know, are, are pretty poor. And so I, you know, these are Christian books. And so um, I was doing it mainly because I wanted to to help people to, to know the Lord. And, and one of the sets that we were selling was the uh, 10 volume set of Bible story books. And um, so we would, I, I was going out with my, with my uh, leader who was kind of training me in. And we went to this one town in central West Virginia and everywhere we went, the people kept showing us that they already had Bible story books for children. They didn't need ours. Oh. Well, they didn't, they, you know, they didn't have ours and I don't think they were as good as ours, but they had Bible story books. So they didn't need the books that we were trying to sell them. Yeah. And so, um, uh, my corporate leader said, uh, said to the, to, to the people, well, where are you getting these? And, and they said, oh, well, Mr. Darnell gave them to us. Well, who's Mr. Darnell? Well, he lives up there on the hill and he happened to be the richest man in the county. He owned uh, a large coal company and um, he he was like 97 years old but he he loved to help people and so he would give out things to people especially religious things and things for 
to help help their homes and families. And so my my leader said to me, you know, we need to go see Mr. Darnell. So we went up to his house and I took my case of these big books up there. And um, and he, uh, of course, you know, he could have easily bought them, but he wanted to buy enough to give to everybody in town. And so, and so he says, well, don't you have anything less expensive? So I had a little book, Steps to Christ, in my, in my case. And I pulled it out and I showed it to him. And he said, I'll take a hundred of those. Wow. <laughs> so, so I, I went and I ordered a hundred of them and I brought them back and I took them to him and he paid for them. And that happened two or three more times with other little paperback books like that. He would buy 100 or 200 or whatever. And then, um, and then I heard about another paperback book that was going to be released soon. Um, it was a paperback edition of the book, The Great Controversy. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, I wanted to sell that book to him. So as soon as I could get my hands on a copy of it, I went up to his house and, and the whole way as I was writing to his, to his house, I said, Lord, he's bought 100 or 200 books from me before, but I'm asking a very specific prayer. I'm asking that he will ask for 500 of this book. Wow, to that's a lot. Away, you know, and that, I sold that book in the big form, you know, for like $40 or something for the, for the big version of it. But I was taking him a little paperback edition and I was specifically asking God 500 books. And so when I got up there and I showed him the book, I told him about it, how wonderful book it is and what it tells the whole uh, plan of redemption from the, from the beginning to the, to the, to the end. And I told him about it and he said, I'd like 500 of those. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so, just a very specific answer to prayer. And um, it's, just, it's just wonderful to know that God answers our prayers. Mm-hmm. So That's so awesome too when he answers them, like just like how you ask. Because like sometimes when we pray, it's like, it's easy to say like, oh, that could have been a coincidence or like, oh, well, maybe that just happened and stuff. But like when things like that happen, it's very specific. You're like, no, that has to be God. And I think we should do that with all things. Like even where you could explain them away is coincidence. You should say, no, it is God. But like, that's so awesome because you're like, no, it is God because this is exactly what I asked from him. That's right. That's right. And sometimes he does things maybe that we're not asking for. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, You know, I remember, again, when I was a kid, I can remember, um, I didn't know what I was going to do when I grew up, but I knew one thing. I knew I did not want to be a pastor. Um, I, I can remember getting on my bed and just praying to God, Lord, I'll do whatever you want me to do. Just don't ask me to be a pastor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. But, you know, God had different things in, in mind for me than what I had in mind. But, you know, um, there was, there was one way he, he, well, there were several ways he indicated to me along the way that that's what I was supposed to do. I went to high school at Spring Valley Academy, where it's a Christian school where um, the, the student association officers, one of them was that of, of a uh, essay pastor. And I didn't, I didn't apply for the job. You know, you, uh, you know, you, it's, you kind of put in a, a petition to be to, to run for a particular office and then you then you run for office and all the students vote for you and stuff like that. So 
I didn't really want, I didn't ask for that job. I didn't want that job. But one of my friends says, you know what? You ought to sign up for the position of essay pastor. And I says, well, you know, I'm, I'm not going to do that. But he says, well, then I'm going to do it for you. So he went in the office and he got the, the petition form and he put my name on there and he went around and got all the signatures that needed to get me on the ballot. Oh, wow. And, and then um, he started putting up signs all over school and um, no one else ran for the job. Oh, no. <laughs> so oh, it's not no. like I was the most popular guy, but, but I got the job. And, and God, I think that was one of the ways God was saying, you know, you don't necessarily know what I have in mind for you, but I know, and I'm leading you in that direction. And, um, and, and God has blessed in that all, all along. So I, I've got one more um, story I, I want to tell, and that is, um, it was 1988. It was December of 1988. And um, I had gone, I had flown over to England to do, to, to make arrangements for, um, we were gonna do a large health fair in the city of Liverpool. Um, at that time, um, you know, and even now, uh, England is quite a secular place. And, um, and, and we had baptized a lady in, in New Hampshire who was from Liverpool. She had come over to visit, uh, in, we were living in New Hampshire at the time, and she had come over to visit and um, while she was there, she had found a little Bible study enrollment card that I had put in a laundromat. And so I studied with her for several months while she was there. And we ended up baptizing her the day before she had to go back to England. And so she went back to England and we connected her with the church there. But what she found out was that the church was just a little, a little tiny church in this great big city. Um, you know, there was probably, you know, two or three million people in the city. And there's this one little tiny um, church that, that we could refer to. And um, so she, um, she was telling us about the situation there. And so I said, well, you know, we need to do something. We need to do an evangelistic effort in Liverpool. So I made arrangements. We were gonna do a large health fair. We we're gonna get the cooperation of a lot of different organizations to help with this. And then following up the health fair, we were gonna have, uh, a, a large evangelistic series and someone from Amazing Facts was gonna come and, and hold the meetings and we were gonna you know, just try to evangelize this big secular city. Well, I had gone over there in December of 1988 to, make the, to lay the groundwork and make the arrangements for this effort. And um, on the way back, I flew out of London out of Heathrow Airport and I had been, um, I've I, been kind of un, uneasy in the airport there because I had flown a few times, but um, not really a lot. And, you know, you hear these announcements, you know, make sure nobody has had, you know, you, you have gotten a hold of your baggage, you know, make sure nobody uh, has your stuff, keep an eye on your stuff and all that. And so, you know, it kind of made me kind of nervous. But anyway, the flight back was uneventful and I got back home and um, I was going to my parents' house and my brother came up and he says, oh, it wasn't your plane. And I said, what? And he told me um, there was a terrorist attack. This was December 21, 1988. The, and uh, Pan Am flight 103 
was blown up over Lockerbie, Scotland by some Libyan um, terrorists. Oh, wow. Who, who were, it was an attack on the United States because that was a, an American flight and mostly Americans on it. And it was a huge thing. Um, it's now known as the Lockerbie bombing. And their plane left Heathrow Airport within minutes of when my plane Oh, my left. goodness. And um, the Lord had made sure that I was on the right plane, not <laughs> on the other plane that got blown up. And all, you know, 270 some people on board were were killed, of course, as well as I think about 11 people on the ground when the plane you know, came crashing down on this town. Um, but God had put me on the right plane. And, and I knew that he had still a work for me to do mm-hmm. and that I could trust in him to take care of me. And uh, I was, for some reason, important to him. And so God is just so good. And mm. it's just wonderful to serve him. Mm. That's so awesome. That's awesome that God protected you and like made sure you're on the right plane. Like those little details that were like, oh, it doesn't matter. And like, sometimes they do. That's so awesome though. Like, yeah, I enjoyed all of your stories. I like, I think that we need to take time to see, you know, like God in the small parts of our lives and not just big parts, but in like all parts of our lives and see that, look back and say like, yeah, he's done work in my life. And like, this is how he's taken part in it. So I really like, I like how you brought that out in your stories. So. Yeah. Well, it's nice to be able to share. Yes. Well, thank you so much for sharing. Do you have any last words you want to leave the listeners with or is that it? Well, just, you know, just trust in God. Things don't always turn out the way we want them to turn out. Sometimes um, we even wonder, you know, why did this happen to me? But I believe that when we get to heaven and we look back, we will realize that God knew exactly what was best for us. Mm. And we wouldn't choose it any other way than how he had it arranged for us to, to, to experience his grace and, and his providential leadings in our life. So we just need to trust him at all times, whether things look good or bad, he, he is always there and he knows what's best for us. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's so true. That's so true. Well, thank you so much for sharing, Pastor Ken. Um, I really appreciate it. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to follow, share, like, and review. Also, you can contact us at our Facebook page. That is God is Real, God is Good podcast. Or you can email us at God is Real, God is Good podcast at gmail.com. Bye. Bye.